Welcome to another episode of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo, always broadcasting from the Selmark Studios, along with Colleen Daniel and the About Mansfield News team. Welcome to the first full day of summer. Coming up today, it's Mansfield news and weather for the upcoming week. And a little later in the episode, you will have a chance to win a $25 gift card to a local Mansfield eatery with our Mansfield trivia question, courtesy of Joe Jenkins Farmers Insurance. Let's take a look at the stories we're covering this week. Voters elect Craig Tipping to Mansfield ISD School Board. Gas prices continue to spike. We have a list of the least expensive stations here in Mansfield. Coming up in the features section. I'm science reporter Dennis Webb, and today I'll tell the story of where coal comes from later in the science segment. Want to boost your brain power? I'm Angel Biasati, and we'll have some tips in Methodist Mansfield News to Know. You've toyed with the idea of selling your home, but aren't sure what to do to get the house ready? I'm Beth Steinke with Century 21 Judge Fight, and I'm going to share our best advice on prepping your home for sale. In this week's Cocktail of the Week segment, I'll be talking about a cocktail that will have you celebrating National Pineapple Day. We have the hot seven-day weather forecast. And in the talk segment, Steve talks with local dermatologist entrepreneur Janine Wang. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. This is About Mansfield. Hey, this is Jeff Kish from Bartlett Tree Experts. It's summertime and the living ain't easy if you're a tree. For the most part, trees enjoy summer, but when things get hot and dry, think about how you would feel. You get to go indoors to enjoy air-conditioned air and a nice cool drink while your trees and shrubs remain outside to tolerate the extremes of the season. Healthy, vigorous trees and shrubs tolerate weather extremes rather well, but long periods of excessive heat and lack of rain are formidable tree enemies. Stress, insects, and disease can also cause serious damage. Luck Luckily, much of this can be prevented with the help of Bartlett Tree Experts. The best preventative care involves a program of fertilization, pruning, and management of insect damage and disease. Call us at 1-877-BARTLETT to take advantage of Bartlett's free summer checkup inspection. Trees are a valuable asset to the environment and to the value of your home. Don't entrust their care to anyone but the experts. Bartlett Tree Experts. Call 1-877-BARTLETT for your free tree inspection or visit us online at Bartlett.com. That's Bartlett.com. I'm Dr. Joseph Adams with Calibration Chiropractic and Functional Health. And if you or your loved one is suffering with headaches and or migraines, we invite you to come sit down with our team and see if we can find a solution. What we know about migraines is that they're a complex neurological disorder and there are many different triggers and appropriate treatment requires a team that can address all those factors. So if you or somebody you know is suffering from migraines, we invite you to come into the office and sit down and have a conversation with us and see if we can help you. Calibration Chiropractic and Functional Health, 408 South Main Street in downtown Mansfield. I'm Philip Washington, Chief Investment Officer of Stonehill Wealth Management and host of the Wealth Building Made Simple podcast. First book I read in college was Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and it changed my life. And since then, I've read tons and tons of books on money. And what I've done is taken those lessons, simplified them, and I talk about those lessons on my podcast, Growth Building Made Simple. So come hang out with us. We're on every major platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on YouTube, Wealth Building Made Simple. Hi, I'm James Sellers, CEO and founder of Salmar Corporation, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield. 
Mansfield ISD voters have spoken and elected Craig Tipping to the school board of trustees place three in a runoff race on Saturday against Dr. Benita C. Reed. Tipping topped out at 52% to Dr. Reed's 48%, with a total of just over 7,600 ballots cast. Tipping completes a set of four conservatives that have been successfully elected this year to the school board, including Courtney Lackey Wilson, Bianca Benavides Anderson, and re-elected incumbent Kezia Valdez Farrar. Tipping's campaign mailer stated that he will keep politics out of the classroom and protect our kids from being indoctrinated. The mailer did not go into specifics about how he plans to achieve those goals. The newly elected trustee was endorsed by Congressman Ted Cruz and State Representative David Cook and outspent his opponent 10 to 1. And Colleen, the 7,600 votes that were cast equates to a dismal 7.2% voter turnout in the district, which begs the question, how do we make voting easier? That's fodder for a future episode. We're all suffering at the gas pump. It's no secret. And when it comes to gas prices, Texas remains one of the least expensive states in the country. Yet Tarrant County is one of the most expensive in the state. Who has the lowest gas prices in Mansfield? We do, right here on this podcast, in our newest feature titled, Who's Got Gas? As gas prices continue to near the $5 a gallon mark for regular, gas experts recommend that if you must fill up, patronizing stations with the least expensive gas will force the others to lower their rate. GasBuddy.com reports that there is a $0.30 per gallon difference between the least expensive and the most expensive regular gas at the time of this recording on Tuesday afternoon. The least expensive non-membership regular gas right here in Mansfield is four sixty four a gallon at the Murphy USA station located at Matlock and Debbie right there in the Walmart neighborhood grocery store. Some of us use mid-grade gas, present company included. There is currently a $0.31 cent per gallon spread from the least to the most expensive, and you'll find that least expensive mid-grade gas at the Kroger gas station at 950 North Walnut Creek Drive in the Walmart Shopping Center, currently priced at $4.94 a gallon of premium gasoline. You can find the best deal at Quick Trip. Located at East Broad and 287 at 516 a gallon. These prices do not include grocery store fuel rewards or other promotions. Membership stations such as Sam's and Costco traditionally run a few cents less per gallon. And while Sam's was the lowest price in Mansfield, Costco was not the least expensive in its surrounding area. So buyer beware. Shop the best deal and help bring the cost down. And Steve, after you've topped off your tank, AAA says there are a ton of tricks you can use to maximize your miles per gallon. Tips such as using your cruise control when possible, combining your errands into just one trip, inflating your tires to their proper PSI, and Try not to laugh out loud at this one, but driving without running your air conditioning will give you better gas mileage. Again, just a cost-saving suggestion, courtesy of the Auto Club. We will list all 31 of AAA's gas-saving tips on our website, aboutmansfield.com. Just click on the links tab. Just a quick reminder that if you know of any news that's happening here in Mansfield, shoot us an email to news at aboutmansfield.com. That email address, again, is news at aboutmansfield.com. Include your name and phone number in case we need more information. Also, 
We're interested in your feedback. What do you like about this podcast? What do you dislike? Who do you think we should interview? How about some story ideas? Again, that email address is news at aboutmansfield.com. We look forward to hearing from you. This Friday is National Take Your Dog to Work Day, a celebration of companionship between human and man's best friend. National Take Your Dog to Work Day hopes to inspire others to adopt from shelters and humane societies. Tech and marketing businesses seem to be in the forefront of offering dog-friendly perks to employees. Amazon, Airbnb, and Radio Systems Corporation are just a few of the companies across the country that support pet-friendly policies. So how can one take part in Take Your Dog to Work Day? It's very simple. You can host an event at your place of business, offer pet-related games and food for both Fido and their owner. The celebration originated in the UK in 1996, and then in 1999, Pet Sitters International founded the first day here in the United States. Let's head on over to the weather desk and see if Fido is going to survive the outdoor heat this week. Colleen? You're going to want to keep Fido inside most of this week. Let's take a look at the weather for the next seven days in Mansfield, Texas. Our average high for this time of year is 93 degrees, but we'll be continuing to see temperatures over 100 degrees. Wednesday's high will be 101 degrees, Thursday 102, Friday 103, Saturday 104, Sunday will be 102 degrees, and then we cool down a bit, with Monday projected to be 97 degrees and Tuesday 98 degrees. We have about a 10% chance of a stray thunderstorm or two Sunday and Monday, but other than that, we'll be dry, hot, and humid, with lows near 80 degrees. The Tarrant Regional Water District recommends that Mansfield sprinklers deliver up to three quarters of an inch of irrigation this week. However, the little bit of rain late last week allows some to adjust the controller and water a little less, but not by much with the forecasted triple-digit temperatures this week. Following the weekly watering advice and cycle and soak settings will keep your lawn healthy and help manage the water portion of your utility bill. For more watering tips, visit waterisawesome.com. Coming up after the break, we turn the page to the features section. Today we're talking science, health, real estate, and rounding it out with the cocktail of the week. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. I'm Colleen Daniel, and this is About Mansfield. At Methodist Health System, every person we treat Good morning, class. is a vital part of the communities we call home. Table for two. That's why we're dedicated to exceptional, innovative care. From robotic surgery and advanced oncology to helping you find a healthier path. And hold that pose. Three, two, one. Being there when and where our neighbors need us. The doctor will be right in. That's community. And why so many people trust Methodist. Hi, this is Roger of the Roger and Beth team at Century 21 Judge Fight. The real estate market is far more dynamic today than it has ever been, with values changing quickly. Now is the time to get an update on your real estate portfolio. We're offering a no-cost, no-obligation real estate portfolio review to all About Mansfield podcast listeners. Visit our website at homesinmansfield.com to learn more and to stay on top of what's happening in your neighborhood. 
thank you for allowing us to serve you as your go-to Mansfield area real estate resource. Again, that's homesinmansfield.com. Hey, it's Steve Casillo. I want to take a second to tell you about Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. It's where we record and produce the About Mansfield podcast episodes. Podcast Mansfield is a full-service studio with recording, editing, mixing, and mastering capabilities, and can even help market your podcast. Podcast Mansfield is home to such great locally produced shows, such as Ask Philip, Daughter of the Other Woman, Stir the Pot, He Loves Me, He Loves Me Not, and we are TPM, just to name a few, and also handles post-production duties for remote clients, such as Coaching Through Chaos out of San Diego and Military Resource Radio out of Detroit. So whether you're a hands-on person who just needs a place to record your podcast or need advice from concept to completion, Podcast Mansfield is there to help. Conveniently located on Heritage Parkway just off of 287 in Mansfield, mention the About Mansfield podcast and record your first episode at no charge. For more information on starting your podcast, or if you're looking for a better place to record, Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio can be found on the internet at podcastmansfield.com. Hi, this is Joe Jenkins with Joe Jenkins Farmers Insurance, specializing in auto, home, commercial, and life insurance. I was born and raised here in Mansfield, Texas. We're active in the community, and Mansfield's a town we really care about. Our office has over 30 years' experience in the insurance industry, and we're passionate about what we do and about customer service. For a free quote, please visit our website at joejenkinsinsurance.com or give us a call at 817-472-6058. Once again, that website is joejenkinsinsurance.com. Hi, I'm James Sellers, CEO and founder of Salmar Corporation, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield, your audio newspaper. Let's open up the features section. Wondering about that lump of coal you got for Christmas last year? Let's head on over to the science desk where roving science reporter Dennis Webb can tell you where it came from. Dennis? Thank you, Steve. We were watching CBS Sunday morning, as we usually do, and there was an animated feature called Meet the Fossils. This was by science journalist Robert Krulwich, who you may remember from his podcast Radio Lab that ran on National Public Radio for a while. Anyway, he talked about how coal and petroleum formed and contrasted the two processes. Both take a really long time for this transformation to happen. While petroleum can be formed as long as there are oceans full of microscopic life, coal required very special conditions that are not currently present on our planet. Behold, the story of coal. So, 300 million years ago, a tree died and fell into the marshes where a lot of trees lived. Falling into the muck, the tree did not rot as they were in acidic, low-oxygen water, and so they just hung around for a long time to become peat bogs. Over hundreds of millions of years, these peat bogs were covered with layers of silt that eventually became stone. So the dead tree was pushed further down, subjected to heat and pressure, eventually becoming the buried mineral coal. Humans have mined this coal for fuel for thousands of years, but we really got going with it during the steam-powered Industrial Revolution. Several things about the Earth of 300 million years ago were uniquely suited to produce a lot of the coal we have today. First, there were long periods of cold where a significant portion of the ocean seawater was locked up in glaciers. This exposed the continental shelves around the continents to air. Eventually, early kinds of trees filled in these massive coastal wetlands, and the trees died and fell into what became humongous peat bogs for millions of years. 
Second, trees did not apparently rot back then like they do now. Today, if you see a tree fall in the forest and visit it over coming decades, it will eventually rot and disappear. This rot comes from bacteria and fungi that break down the cellulose that makes the wood woody. One current theory suggests that 360 million years ago, trees evolved a tougher form of cellulose called lignin. It took millions of years for the tiny bugs to evolve to be able to eat the lignin. So for a very long time, lots of trees died, fell down, and refused to rot, even if they were not in a peat bog. A third factor was the air had a higher concentration of oxygen back then. Plants take in carbon dioxide and release oxygen. Back then, plants ruled our planet. This higher oxygen level led to massive wildfires, and what wood did not burn sometimes turned into charcoal, which is also impervious to rot. So, massive ancient peat bogs all across the planet with wood that does not rot eventually leads to massive coal deposits pretty much anywhere you look. There is still a huge coal mining operation southeast of Mansfield near Fairfield, Texas. Also, west of Fort Worth, the small community of Thurber started as a coal mining company town around 1890. This was in the early days of of the railroad expansion across our nation. When the railroad switched from coal to fuel oil, Thurber's businesses shifted to using their, their local coal to fire bricks used to pave the new automobile roads, including the 1916 Bankhead Transcontinental Highway that ran through North Texas for a number of years. Remnants of this highway are still with us, preserved as brick streets, including Camp Bowie's cobblestones in Fort Worth. The Bankhead Highway is a really interesting bit of U.S. history. Anyway, back to the animated video. You can find this YouTube by searching Meet the Fossils CBS. Author Krillwich was curious about the plants and animals whose dead carcasses made the coal and petroleum, and so that's why he made this little feature. For the coal story, he describes a big extinct type of tree, and was able to estimate that two mature trees, if they died and over millions of years turned into coal, it would be enough coal to produce electricity to a house for two months. He also estimates the number of dead microscopic sea creatures it takes to produce enough gasoline to move a car one inch. It is a really, really big number of tiny bugs. We live on a remarkable planet. If you have any questions about science, send an email to info at aboutmansfield.com. From the Science Desk at About Mansfield, I'm Dennis Webb. Exercising the brain may be as simple as eating a healthy diet. Angel Biasati has some tips in today's Methodist Mansfield News to Know. Angel? Want to boost your brain power and jog your memory? Then follow a healthy diet. Eating right may reverse diabetes, relieve pain, improve heart health. But what about keeping our brain healthy? Especially as we get older. There's a diet for that, too. Begin with healthy eating plan with foods that have been shown to ward off Alzheimer's disease, dementia, and other forms of cognitive decline. Nancy George Cuddy, medical director of the Methodist Weight Loss and Wellness Center, recommends eating leafy vegetables, berries, nuts, and whole grains. And this is supported by research that can positively impact our brain health. These foods have also been linked to reducing the risk for hypertension, stroke, and heart attacks. As we age, sometimes our mind gets foggy. But research shows conditions like heart disease, high blood pressure, raise the risk of dementia. In other words, 
What's good for the heart is good for the head. According to a study published in the Journal of American Geriatric Society, our brain uses 20% of the calories we consume. Eating healthy can boost memory, focus, and mood. Eating your vegetables has always been good advice. Green, leafy vegetables, the darker the green, the better. They're especially beneficial to your brain. Think kale, spinach, and greens, whether they're collard, turnip, or mustard greens. Vegetables contain nutrients that studies show are helpful toward maintaining memory and learning ability. Dr. George Cuddy recommends collard greens, spinach, kale. They contain antioxidants and they help protect our brain from stress. Carrots and tomatoes are also rich in antioxidants. Beans, peas, and lentils are good for the brain too. If you're a fan of tangy fruit, berries are good for you. The high number of flavonoids inside of berries are linked to slowing down the aging process in the brain. Berries are great substitutes for desserts when you're craving something sweet. Strawberries, blueberries, and raspberries are low in calories and high in fiber. They make the perfect snack to help keep you satisfied throughout the day. The next time you go to the refrigerator, choose wisely. I'm Angel Biasati, reporting for the About Mansfield podcast. Whether you're interested in buying or selling, Realtor Beth Steinke is here and files this week's Mansfield Real Estate Market Update. One of the biggest benefits of serving both buyers and sellers is that we get to see exactly how buyers are reacting in real time to the homes available for sale. That allows us to give very specific advice to our sellers, maximizing every dollar spent in preparation for sale. First, fix what's broken. If the dishwasher hasn't worked in three years, now's the time to get that back in working order or replaced. Have the roof checked for any damage, and it's also a good idea to go ahead and have that AC serviced and cleaned. Second, if there are obvious cosmetic issues that need addressing, it's a good idea to take care of those items now, too. Things like carpet cleaning, wall paint, including baseboards and trim, doggy damage on the back door areas, to name a few. Today's buyer is looking for the fewest projects, and they are willing to pay for move-in ready homes. Lastly, clean, clean, clean. Buyers are turned off by a dirty and cluttered home. The time and money you invest in this area will pay you back exponentially. Homes that are prepared in this way, we are seeing people willing to pay large amounts above asking price. Avoid costly renovations unless you are doing them for your own enjoyment. If your home is very outdated, you will have to price it appropriately, but the goal would be to spend $1,000 to make $5,000 or $10,000, not to spend $5,000 to make $5,000. Work closely with your agent to make good choices here, but make sure you let them know what your renovation budget is so you can maximize the outcome without blowing the budget. Our home stager spends time with each of our clients to make sure that they are able to put their best foot forward for professional photography appointment and for showings. This has been a game changer for our sellers and they have been extremely pleased with their outcomes for a quick sale and great offers. Your agent is your best resource to identify areas of improvement for your specific situation. I promise you, you are not bothering them by calling them up and asking questions or even requesting an in-home visit and market update. That's a wonderful call to receive because then they know that they are your go-to resource. If you don't have a go-to agent, well, now you do. Now let's get to this week's Mansfield real estate market update. As of Tuesday, June 21st, there are 85 active and available homes for sale in Mansfield, excluding new construction. 
Homes range from a three-bedroom, two-bath with a two-car garage listed at two sixty-five, with the list topping out at two point three million, with three homes priced over nine hundred thousand. A quick check of stats this week in Mansfield show that we had fifteen homes sold at an average of one hundred and two percent of list price. So homes are still selling above asking price here in Mansfield. The monthly report is out for May, and here's what we found out. Our median price is up to 461000 That's up from April's 444000 and up 28% from last year. Active listings are up 83% from May of last year. And we have 1.6 months of inventory available. And if you remember, just a few months ago, we only had a half a month of inventory or two weeks of inventory. So at this point, we are definitely seeing more buyer opportunities available. Are there real estate topics you want to learn more about? Send us a message. Info at aboutmansfield.com. For the About Mansfield podcast, I'm Beth Steinke with Century 21 Judge Fight. Shaken or stirred? Either way, you know it's going to be good, as Brian Certain is serving up another Cocktail of the Week. This week's Cocktail of the Week is the Prairie Pineapple Parade. Fruit is essential in the summer, and pineapple is at the top of that list. Juicy, fresh, tropical, makes it the perfect fruit for a cocktail. And since National Pineapple Day is coming up on June 27th, this cocktail is created for you to make it home and shake up and serve for your friends. It's sweet, and it's fresh from the pineapple, the mint, and the cilantro, but it also has a mild kick from the added Tabasco, and I believe that it's going to be a fan favorite at your house. But as always, don't worry about taking notes, as I'll be giving out the ingredients and instructions and posting them on bourbongospel.com. This week's Cocktail of the Week is the Prairie Pineapple Parade. Try saying that five times fast. The ingredients, two ounces of vodka, three ounces of fresh pineapple juice, a squeeze of fresh lime juice, and then just enough sugar to taste. For my palate, I really feel like I found some great sweet pineapple, so I didn't actually add any. And then you're going to have both a pinch of both mint and cilantro. You're going to have some green Tabasco or other green chili sauce to taste and a pinch of sea salt. Preparation. Mix all the ingredients except for the vodka in a blender until the mint and cilantro have been blended into small pieces, but it's not too foamy. In a separate cocktail glass, you're going to pour it with ice, pour the vodka over it. You're then going to top that with the pineapple juice mix. Pour it through a strainer to remove some of the stems and excess leaves, and then you'll garnish it with a slice of fresh pineapple. You'll want to give it a quick stir just to blend the vodka with the pineapple mix, and then you've got a beautiful cocktail. As always, I'm open to hear your take and your input. You can reach me at bourbongospel at gmail.com. And until next week, as Mark Twain said, too much of anything is bad, but too much whiskey is barely enough. Reporting for the About Mansfield podcast, I'm Brian Certain. Congratulations to Christina Cox, who was the first person to email the correct answer to last week's trivia question. Can you name all 11 zip codes that border Mansfield? Christina was the first to identify all 11 of them. And if you're interested in what they are, just so we don't have to name them all, head on over to our website, aboutmansfield.com, and click on the links tab. 
It's time right now for the highly coveted, wildly popular about Mansfield trivia question. The first person to email the correct answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com will receive a $25 gift card to a local Mansfield eatery brought to you by Joe Jenkins Insurance. Whether you're looking for homeowners, auto, commercial, or any other type of insurance, Joe has helped Mansfield area residents understand the insurance coverage that best fit their needs since 2010. You can find him on the internet at joejenkinsinsurance.com. Let's get to this week's question, Colleen. Well, Steve, Big League Dreams in Mansfield celebrated its 14th birthday this spring. The California-based company has 11 locations throughout the United States on which baseball or softball players can play ball on fields that replicate present-day or former Major League Baseball fields. Mansfield's location has eight replica fields. This week's question is, name the eight replica ballparks at Big League Dreams. Email your answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com. Again, name the eight replica ballparks at Big League Dreams in Mansfield. Good luck, and thanks to Joe Jenkins Insurance for the gift card. Welcome back to another segment of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo as we make the transition from news to talk. And in the studio today, I've known her for many years, but I've never really gotten to know her on a personal level. In full disclosure, she is my my dermatologist, and uh, I have seen her on, on many occasions because as recommended for quite a few people, it is uh, recommended that you go in at least once a year and have your skin checked, as I, I do. And we'll talk about that. Uh, I would like to welcome to the About Mansfield studio, Dr. Janine Wang. Thank you, to, uh, uh, thank you for coming to uh, About Mansfield. Hi, Steve. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure for, uh, to have you here. How long have you been in Mansfield? So I've actually, I was born in, in uh, Arlington, Texas, mm-hmm. uh, 1976, so I'm, I'm a native. Um, whenever I was growing up, Mansfield was just almost like a, like a small country town that you, you went over the highway from I-20 and there's really <laughs> nothing there. Um, so I grew up in Arlington, uh, went away for school but I always knew I would come back because my parents live here and my husband's parents live here. So I moved back to the area when I graduated from dermatology residency, and that was in 2006. Before we get into college, let's go back to Arlington. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, where'd you go to high school? I graduated from Sam Houston High School. Sam Houston. Yes. And in 19... Okay, you were born in 76, so you add another 17 years. You're looking about uh, mid-90s. 94. All right. I graduated in 94. Uh, what, what, is, uh, what is little Janine doing on a Friday night uh, around Sam Houston High School? Uh, <laughs> as a Let's say as a senior in high school. Right. Uh, by then I could drive, and so... I, I actually married my high school sweetheart. My my husband and I met in high school sophomore right. year. So usually on Friday night, we would just go somewhere local. Like we might go to the mall and walk around or watch a movie. Um, or sometimes we would just hang out at the house and watch shows. He His family um, 
are uh, former Vietnamese refugees. Mm-hmm. And so his parents made a living sewing and they sewed in their house. And so they would get clothing from uh, a local vendor and, and they sewed uh, actually nurses' uniforms. Hmm. And so frequently on the weekends, that was his time that he actually had to work. <laughs> so <laughs> some of our Friday nights and Saturday nights were spent in his garage, uh, literally sewing nurses' uniforms. We sewed scrubs and jackets. You helped too? Yeah, I okay. helped because it's it's kind of like an as, like assembly line. Oh, okay. Um, you get, you have the pieces and you don't have to actually know too much about sewing they just have to tell you, okay, this one goes with this one, sew that together, and then you put it aside and you just do the same thing over and over again. Huh. And then they take that piece and they sew the next piece together. Um, so as long as somebody could direct me on what to do, I would do it. Um, and so if his family had some kind of deadline they had to meet, then that's how we spend our weekends. <laughs> <laughs> do you still sew? No, no, not at all. And he doesn't either, but he knows how to. Um, so whenever we need anything hemmed or alterations, he could do it. His dad could do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is there a sewing machine in your home currently? Not in my home. Not in but your home. His, his parents still have a sewing machine. So anytime we have to do any kind of alterations, unless it's something complicated, yeah. we'll just take it to my father-in-law and he will hem... Uh, adjust or whatever we need to do. And it, it's quite easy. My wife inherited her mother's sewing machine and it is run by a foot pedal. Mm-hmm. And if she has to do just something real quick, she'll actually do that as opposed to taking out mm-hmm. of the case, the electric sewing machine. It's like, you know what? Just this is much, much yeah. faster da, 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 with the foot. And that's how theirs are too. It's, it's run by a foot pedal. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also had to cut thread. So at the very, the very last stage is you have your finished product and then there's little threads that hang everywhere. And so one of the very tedious tasks was what they call cutting thread. Cutting thread. And so I would go to every garment and see the little threads and I would have to snip them. Um, it, it was very tedious, but it had to be done. And his parents would not let him go anywhere if work had to be done sure. and there was a deadline. <laughs> and so if we wanted to go do anything fun, then we would have to finish sewing. <laughs> and so that was pretty frequently, you know, on the weekends, at least a few hours spent doing that. Uh, Is that not typical though of the, of, a, of an immigrant family where they've developed their business and the kids are part of the business. Yes. Whether it's the restaurant business, the sewing business. I think the, so, for yeah. sure. Yes. So little Janine uh, graduates from high school. Mm-hmm. And uh, where'd you go to college? I know you went to several colleges. But, yeah. Uh, so I went to UT Austin. That's and, where I got my undergraduate degree. And did uh, boyfriend turned husband follow you to <laughs> UT? He did. Um, he did not go to UT Austin. He attended a community college in Austin. Um, and so that he went there for a few years and then he ended up graduating from University of Houston. Okay. Your degree from UT was? It was planned to honors pre-med. So I knew that I was going to be a doctor. Mm. Um, I, I knew from a young age that that's what I wanted to do. Uh, but 
through my education, uh, I was I was good at the sciences, you know, your typical pre-med student, but I was also good at writing, language arts, journalism, mm -hmm. and I wanted to study that in college too. Um, so I found a major at UT called Plan 2. It's from the Liberal Arts Honors Program. And through that program, you have to do a variety of language arts, philosophy, um, you know, just lots of different kind of seminars and classes. They're small classes, so you're not in the big auditoriums uh, like the typical yeah. big university class. Most of our Plan 2 Honors Program classes might have had anywhere from 10 to 30 students. It was really small. Mm. So I was able to get uh, kind of a small, small town or like a smaller college feel. Yeah. Through the Plan Two program, um, and you know my calculus classes and my organic chemistry were in the big auditorium with hundreds of students. Um, so I think the college experience was different than your average UT experience because I was in the honors program. If there's one takeaway that you that you got from from UT, what would that be? Um, I I think that. Whenever you're pursuing your higher education, um, a lot of times we don't know exactly what we want to do. Um, I did know what I want to do, but I had a lot of other interest. Mm -hmm. And so I, I actually felt like my path was really um, instrumental in kind of fashioning the, the, the person that I evolved to because I had a very diverse education. I didn't pigeonhole myself right. into, you know, like, oh, I'm, I'm going to be a doctor, and so I need to learn about science. Right. <laughs> um, and I, I don't know that I knew that when I chose that path. I just knew, well, you know, I want to be a doctor, but I like all these other things, so let me do this, and I'll be able to get a little bit of everything. But when I look back and I also see the person that I've become, I feel like I'm well-versed in a little bit of everything, which makes me, uh, I, I think, a better doctor. Um, I'm more open-minded. Well I'm well-rounded. Yeah. yeah. I came with a different outlook. And so I think that that's carried through in, you know, really my whole life. Uh, but I probably was not that insightful <laughs> as an 18-year-old. It just happened by chance that that's what it turned out to be. Um, but I really do think that that was quite instrumental in fashioning the person that I am today. Do you have siblings? I have four brothers. Four brothers. Yeah. And are, are any of the four brothers doctors? The, my, the, the brother right below me. So I'm the oldest of five. Oh, okay. And um, my the older brother is a doctor. Yes. And then the others are. Are you close with your family? And then uh, what what other occupations did your brothers go into? So um, I the middle brother works with my dad. Uh, my my parents are nurses, mm. and they ended up starting their own business. And so they have home health agency, medical equipment hospice and assisted living. And so the middle brother helps my father with the medical equipment company. 
And then the two youngest brothers are twins. One of them is in IT, and then the other one is actually a nurse, and he works with my dad too. So a lot of medical in your family. Yes, for sure. (laughs) And do you think then your parents had an influence on you choosing to be a doctor? Yes. Okay, because they were already in the medical field. Yes, yeah. After you left UT... I know there are other colleges. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, where, uh, what was the next path for for Janine? I ended up going to Baylor College of Medicine. That's in Houston. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Graduated summa cum laude. Uh, in it, at UT. I oh, was at summa UT. Cum laude. Okay. At, yeah. at at in medical school, they don't have those distinctions. Oh. Um, they do have. Uh, like there, I, f- I forgot what it's called, but there is an honors distinction for medical school. But I, but ironically, I did not get that honors distinction. And this may harken back to my undergraduate choices. <laughs> um, I had extremely good grades in medical school from year two on. But in the first, well, what, yeah, what happened to year one? In the first <laughs> year of med school, are what we call the basic sciences, where you have to take, you know, anatomy, physiology, biochemistry. And honestly, because I did a liberal arts major, I did not have to take higher level science classes. So most of those classes I was taking for the very first time Mm. um, versus my my colleagues in medical school who had majored in sciences who that they were taking it for the second time or some of them majored in those things. And so it was like piece of cake, like walk in the park for them because they're, they, they're learning something um, obviously maybe more specifically or, or more, um, more difficult level, but they already knew it. And so this was just solidifying something they already knew. I was learning it for the first time. And so the first year of medical school was actually really hard. Um, it was the first time that I felt like I wasn't one of the smarter people in the room. Hmm. <laughs> you know, at every other level of education, school was relatively easy for me. Um, and here I, I had to work extremely hard just to be average. <laughs> um, so... In first year of medical school, I did fine. You know, it wasn't that I did bad, but it wasn't A pluses. Um, And after that, like once I kind of got my footing, um, my grades were really good. But it was that first year that probably prevented me from getting, you know, the highest honors in med school. Uh Uh-oh. Okay. But it's okay. did, uh, uh, Did boyfriend follow you to Houston? Yes, that is why he graduated <laughs> from the University of Houston. All right. Yeah. And um, uh, what, all right, so you went through, mm-hmm. what, four years of med school? Four years of med school. What part of med school led you to the decision to become a dermatologist? Um, so I, when I entered med school, I, I did not know what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I I was leaning towards like more primary care. I thought I might be a pediatrician or an OB-GYN. And it wasn't until I actually started doing rotations 
you know, so you have your didactics where you're just in the classroom and then you have your last two years where you're doing clinical rotations and you get hands-on experience that I realized I, I did not enjoy primary care as much. So I didn't know what I was going to do. And it was an episode of Oprah Winfrey. I was, I was just at home one day watching Oprah Winfrey. She was interviewing a dermatologist on her show. And the dermatologist was talking about all the procedures that she did, these new devices that they had. And I thought it was just so cool. I was like, wow, that, that sounds interesting. Huh. I think I might be interested in that. Um, I also enjoyed my dermatology class. You know, you know, we had a didactic session. So I decided to do derm as an elective. So in clinical uh, years, you have to do your core classes. Everybody has to do that. Mm -hmm. And then you get to choose a few electives. Um, so you're only exposed to whatever electives you choose. And so if you don't choose an elective, you wouldn't know that you liked it or didn't like it. So I chose Derm as one of my electives and I loved it. And so at that moment, I knew that's what I wanted to do. That was it. Yeah. You have not only a practice here in Mansfield, you have several locations. I think you're up to five or six locations around the Metroplex. Yeah, we have five. We have five. United yeah. Dermatology. Yes. Uh, was Mansfield the first? Mansfield was the first. And I remember that that you were based out of the Methodist Mansfield yes. Professional Center. That's where I first uh, yes. visited your office. Now yes. you've got your own brand new uh, building there on Regency Parkway. Yes. What prompted you to open your own practice as opposed to going to work for another uh, a dermatology company? Right. Uh, actually, it was my father. Your father? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I had no intention of starting my own practice. Mm -hmm. uh, if you would have asked me during residency what I was going to do, I was just going to join somebody. You know, that was kind of the common thing. You you graduate, you join somebody, you become a partner. Uh, maybe you start your own one day, but it wasn't the the typical path that a person would just graduate and start their own practice. Yeah. Uh, I knew I wanted to come back to the DFW area because both sets of parents, my parents and my husband's parents live here. And so I was looking at the practices in Arlington to see if I might be able to find somebody to join. There were a lot of practices, so it, it wasn't that there weren't choices. Um, but I didn't see one that I could see myself being at forever. Yeah. Um, you started yeah. your own practice right out of med school. Yes, I did. That's pretty rare, is it not? Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, I, had, I, I wasn't going to do that. And actually, when it was time to figure out what I was going to do, and I was talking to my parents about interviewing with this person or that person, my dad kept telling me, why don't you just start your own practice? And I, I pushed back every time he said it. I was like, no, like, how am I going to do that? I have no money. Right. I don't, you know, I don't know the first thing about running a practice. I need to get some experience first. Maybe I'll do that one day, but I'm not going to do that starting off. And he kept pushing and kind of prodding. And I, I kept pushing back and I said, no, no, no. And so f for months, this was like the back and forth between the two of us. 
And I, I interviewed with a couple of local derms who actually I, I really liked, you know, it was, there's no, I, I could see myself working with them, but I didn't actually see myself in their offices for my whole career. Yeah. And so I started investigate, like just kind of like looking around and like, okay, what if I did start my own practice? Where would it be? And the year that I was graduating was also the year that Methodist Mansfield was being built. And I had heard that sometimes when a new hospital is built, they will recruit physicians into their medical community and possibly help physicians um, who are new. Uh, and so I reached out to Methodist. I, I, uh, I think I just called. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I probably just Googled it and I called and I looked for, you know, some kind of physician liaison. Um, I was put in touch with Paul Farrow and Bridget Flaherty. Mm-hmm. And I, I told them who I was and what I thought I wanted to do. And they're like, oh, yeah, you know, we, we, we recruit physicians into our community. And if you're a new doctor, we can definitely help you. And that got the ball rolling. Once I realized that I might have some support and it wasn't going to be, oh, just me out on my own and <laughs> trying to grow a practice without anything, um, it, it made it easier for me to decide, like, yeah, maybe I do want to do that. Um, so knowing that Methodist Mansfield just celebrated their 15th anniversary, yes. is, is that how old your practice is? Yeah, I, I started my practice when the hospital opened. Okay. Um, there was a six month, so I graduated in 2006 and the hospital opened, I think like December of 06 or mm-hmm. maybe January of 07. So for six months, I did locum tenens work where I just worked part time for two doctors in Arlington. Okay. They knew I were, I was going to start my practice, uh, but they allowed me to work in their office just to make some money. Yeah. We're talking with dermatologist Dr. Janine Wang about her life in Mansfield and how she went straight from med school into being an entrepreneur. We'll pick up part two next week, including the ever-popular lightning round. As always, this is the place where you can hear the latest Mansfield news, sports, and weather. Until then, don't forget to follow, like, subscribe, share, love, support this podcast if you haven't already so you never miss an episode. It's free and it's easy. Just enter your email address on our website, aboutmansfield.com. We will never send you any spam. We promise. About Mansfield is recorded at Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. Hosts, Steve Casillo and Colleen Daniel. Moment with the Mayor feature, Michael Evans. Science reporter, Dennis Webb. Methodist Mansfield News to Know, Angel Biasati. Mansfield Real Estate Market Update, Beth Steinke. Ask Terry Home Improvement, Terry Radswin. Cocktail of the Week, Brian Certain. Post-production editing, mixing, and mastering, Steve Casillo and Jacob Atkinson. We thank you all for listening on behalf of the entire news team. I'm Steve Casillo, and this... is about Mansfield.